1: cat lovers. This is Michelle Byrne, your host on Catitude. You know, we've all talked about TNR and Rescue and all of that before, but I have the founder of a special site that's not quite like anything else you've heard of before. So I can't wait to introduce him for you to talk to him. We'll
0: be right back. As a pet parent to a dog and a cat, you're going to run into some catastrophes. Your dog eating up the cat's food or scavenging in the litter box is one of them. With Door Buddy, you don't have to worry about cutting a hole in your door or struggling with a pet gate. Door Buddy's adjustable door strap installs in seconds and without any tools. Finally, an easier way to let cats into rooms keep dogs out of trouble. For 20% off Buddy. use code CATTITUDE20. That's CATTITUDE20 at thedoorbuddy.com. That's thedoorbuddy.com. Give your cat back its space today. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com.
1: Welcome back, everyone. I'd like to introduce Chris Roy. He is the founder of Dubert. Welcome, Chris.
0: Thank you, Michelle. I'm glad to be here.
1: I'm glad you're here. So, okay, what is Dubert? <laughs> I know I, I always give a little intro hint, and it does help with rescuing, you know, cats and some dogs too, but mostly cats. Yep. But Dubert.
0: Right. So the best way I can describe Dubert is think about it kind of like a combination of volunteer Uber and Airbnb, right? So what we do is we're software that helps to connect volunteers that want to be transporters and fosters. And we try and essentially connect them with the software to the rescues and shelters that need their help. So when rescues and shelters need to find a foster for a cat, they can go on Dubert and we have a bunch of different tools. And then, you know, transport's a big thing when we're trying to balance out the kind of like supply and demand, if you will. So, Dubert is the only system that volunteers can sign up to be a transporter and the rescues and shelters can put in the transport request and system automatically plots it on the map and automatically notifies the volunteers. So, there's a that's why I say it's kind of like a volunteer based Uber and Airbnb that's helping rescue animals.
1: Okay. The name is very interesting. How did you come up with that name?
0: Yeah. So Dubert actually was a cat. He started out, you know, I used to, my first cat was Jean Luc, right? So that was back in the nineties. And um, so when I got my second cat, I named him Q because I I was a Star Trek fan, you know, but Q didn't really work and. You know, when you're trying to go to the vet and stuff like that, so Q kind of morphed into Qbert. If you remember that, there was like an 80s video game, I think it was. And then Qbert kind of became Dubert. And he was, he was this not the brightest cat, but Dubert was an old soul. He was a farm cat, big cat, rented the litter that grew to 18 pounds. So he was pretty big. And, you know, he was just an old soul, a loving cat that I really loved. And when he passed, I could think of no better way than to honor his memory by keeping him around, right? So Dubert, the site was born and has just grown ever since.
1: I love that story. Isn't it funny how names sometimes, the original name ends up adjusting a little bit, right? like Fit the Cat. That happened with Dennis,
0: one of my cats. Did it? um, Yeah. I mean, you know, I mean, you name them, but then they always get pet names almost, right? They get a different name or they get a derivation of their name. And the best thing about Dubert I used to remember, he loved to snuggle you, right? He was definitely a snuggle cat. And so if we were down in the basement and Dubert was upstairs, he would meow. He'd be like, meow, and be like, Dubert, right? And he would meow, and he would keep doing that to literally to echolocate where we were. And then he would come down and jump on your lap and lay right on your chest and snuggle you. So he was very much a people cat, very much just laid back and chill. And um, yeah, so he was a rescue cat himself, an orange and white tabby, which is a little bit odd for male cats in particular. But um, yeah, now his legacy lives on. I mean, it's so humbling to know that now there's roughly about a 1000 people a month that type Dubert into Google to search and you know so 10 years ago nobody knew but me what a dubert was and now there's you know thousands of people that we've helped to help other animals
1: thanks for telling us the origination of the name so now we know about the name why did you start dubert i mean there's always been a need for you know fosters and and transport and all of that but You're right. There is a disconnect when it comes to managing this. And I know I can remember, you know, some people use Facebook, they used a neighborhood app or something, but that's very constricting that the reach is small. It only goes so far. And there's been a need for rescues for cats for, I think, years and years. And they've yeah. really, I think they hit their moment, maybe the last 20 years, and especially during the pandemic, people just became more aware with TNR and all of that. But why did you decide to create it?
0: So like a lot of other things, it kind of started out with my own needs. So one of my other passions is aviation. I'm a pilot. So you know for many years, I would just kind of go flying and tool around and just have fun and Uh, It was back in, I think it was like 2008, one of our friends that did animal rescue, she, you know, specialized in German shepherd dogs, asked me if I would fly from Milwaukee down to Kentucky to pick up these dogs right? And I'm like, sure, go fly and play with dogs. Like, this sounds great. Why wouldn't I? And it was a great experience. I brought these dogs back. They were coming back to a rescue organization that was going to adopt them out. And then my name started to get shared with other rescues, right? So as, they, as she shared with other people, I'm like, oh, we've got this pilot, Chris. Then I ended up doing all sorts of different rescue missions for everything from dogs and cats to a bat to these wolf pups to, and it was just, it was fun. But what started to happen was, yeah, yeah there was a bat. Yeah, you wouldn't think, but he was going to a sanctuary. So he was actually coming down from Minnesota, going to a sanctuary in Ohio. And to me, I love animals and I love Aviation, right? So I love flying. So it was an excuse to go flying, uh, visit different airports and and to do animal rescue at the same time. So my name kept getting shared, and then I would be literally almost every weekend doing a different transport, but I couldn't keep track of which airport and wait, who are you and what rescue you're with? Because as you pointed out, it's very it's a jumbled mess. As a IT guy in my day job, I said, you know, there's gotta be a better way to do this, right? I should be able to put in where I live, how far I'm willing to fly and what days I'm available. Because I would have people email me and be like, hey, on Tuesday, can you go here? I'm like, no, I work a day job, right? I can't just go flying on a whim. Yep.
1: I have a question though for you. So I'm assuming you have your own plane.
0: I don't. I actually rent. Um, or I used to be in a club that you know we collectively owned planes, but generally I was renting because I wasn't going flying all that often that I could afford my own Right. Because
1: flying, I mean, especially these days, is expensive. Yeah.
0: yeah very much so. I mean, there's uh, obviously the cost of the plane and that there's insurance and then there's the fuel. And I mean, there's all sorts of costs that go into it. So it's not a definitely not a cheap hobby.
1: No, but fun.
0: Yes. Yes, definitely fun. And when you have a purpose, that's what really makes it exciting is it's it's one thing to, you know, we always joke in aviation about going for a $200 hamburger, right? You fly to another airport, you have lunch and you fly back, right? But it literally costs you 200 bucks because just of the renting of the plane and the fuel and all that. So to have a purpose, to be able to know that you're a part of getting these animals to safety is just, is awesome, right? To know that it's not just me going flying, I'm going flying, using my skills, spending my money, but I know that I'm benefiting these animals uh, to get where they're trying to go. Well, I think,
1: I think that's fabulous and really just an interesting, so, okay, before we get into how it works, just for those of us that that are not pilots, um, and the other aspects, the Airbnb part of it, as you described. Sure. It. Do you have any interesting stories? Of, I know you flew a bat, but do you have any interesting stories of any other animals you flew? Like maybe, I don't know, cats that you thought you were getting one cat and you ended up with like 20 kittens or something?
0: <laughs> there's there's so happening? many stories. Yeah, because there's always a need, right? Like, and so I've, as I said, I mean, I got to do these wolf pups and a bat and um, there were birds, there were cats, right? Cats are, you know, what's funny about cats is they're actually relatively easy to transport because they're already in carriers. Oftentimes the more difficult ones were with the dogs, because if they were too big, we couldn't fit the crate in the plane. So if they're a bigger dog, like a German shepherd, you'd have to put them in a harness and seatbelt them in the back and all that. So that was a lot more work. The cats were generally probably the easiest. Because they all had their own carriers. Definitely did some that were, you know, mom and kittens. Those were always cute. Kittens are just adorable to transport. And cats, for the most part, they don't make a mess like puppies do. Puppies always tended to, you know, take care of business wherever they are. So sometimes you'd be in the plane and it would stink. But I loved doing cats because they're easy. They would just literally just kind of curl up and and go to sleep as soon as the engine would start up. So it became, uh, those were much easier to do than some of the dog ones.
1: I wonder if the the since the vibration of the engine kind of soothes them, since they yeah. you know, the purring is like right. Some of them, I mean, my cat Dennis, when he purrs, it almost sounds like an engine. It's so he just has a he purrs over anything and he purrs loud.
0: Right, right. We've got five cats now, but I've got one of them that purrs and it's like, oh my goodness, are you <laughs> like? It's a rumbling. It's like it's gonna shake the walls. So yeah, you're you're right. They generally just, you know, as long as they're safe and in their place, they would just kind of go to sleep and didn't bother me at all. It was pretty easy.
1: Pretty chill. We're going to take a short break and we're going to come back and find out more about Dubert. We'll be right back. Listen up, pet lovers. If you're planning a vacation, you need to hear about Trusted House Sitters. They connect pet parents with verified and background checked sitters so you can travel worry-free knowing your fur baby has all the care and company they could need. I love this. I can't stand the thought of my pets being lonely or being in a kennel, so I can't wait to sign up. Catitude listeners, you get 20% off today with code CATITUDE20. That's CATITUDE20.
0: Go to sitters.com and use the code CATITUDE20 for 20% off.
1: Hey, everyone, Michelle Fern here. You know, being a pet parent is a huge responsibility. And since we don't talk dog or cat, we have to do our best to understand what's going on. But when something's going on with them and we can't understand why, it is such a challenge. I remember when Dennis had a bloody nose. I don't know what he did, but it was just all over the place. I freaked. I had to go to the midnight vet. It cost hundreds of dollars. I wish I had had fuzzy then. Fuzzy is a telehealth service for pet parents that offers 24-7 access to personalized pet care from veterinary professionals. From everyday questions to middle-of-the-night emergencies, Fuzzy has the answers pet parents need. Through live chat and virtual vet consultations available to you 24 hours a day, 7 days a week, Fuzzy can answer your pet questions big and small, urgent, and everyday. Fuzzy can also recommend the exact products for your pet all of which are handpicked by their established team of veterinary professionals and available at discounts exclusive to Fuzzy members. From getting your pet's diet just right to meeting their middle-of-the-night needs to finally figuring out what makes their breath stink, nothing is too big or too small for a quick Fuzzy call. Right now, Fuzzy is offering our listeners a free 7-day trial membership. Go to yourfuzzy.com slash Radio today to sign up. That's a free seven day trial and access to exclusive member discounts on pet meds, supplements, food, and more at yourfuzzy.com slash radio. Again, yourfuzzy.com slash radio for your free trial of Fuzzy with access to 24 7 personalized pet care and vet recommended
0: products. Let's talk pets.
1: Let's talk pets on Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio.
0: Pet, Life radio. pet Life radio. .com. <laughs>
1: welcome back everyone we're talking with chris roy the founder of dubert so chris okay so we know that you're piloting animals to different locations especially cats for dubert what about the other parts what about the uber part the airbnb part And then we'll talk about after that about how, you know, people can get involved in Juburn. Sure. So how does the Uber and Airbnb part work?
0: Yeah. So, I mean, obviously, when animals need to be transported, right, somebody has to physically transport them. And there's all sorts of reasons that animals need to be transported, particularly cats. There's a lot of local reasons, right? So maybe there's transport for TNR, as you pointed out, there's transport for taking them to an adoption event, they may have to go from a, a shelter or rescue to a clinic, right, or a vet office, something like that and you know volunteers can play a really vital role in this and so the way the dubert the system works is you as a volunteer go to dubert.com you sign up it's free you create your profile so you create the days of the week you're available you know where you're located and then the system will automatically notify you when there's a I call it a relevant transport. So a transport that's in your area on days that you've indicated you're available. And then you can decide, hey, can I help? Right? Can I sign up for that transport? And it could be a local ride. So one leg transport, just like I said, picking a cat up, taking them to the vet or something, or it could be a longer distance transport, which is where we do what's called rescue relay transport. So one volunteer, you know, drives the distance, meets the next volunteer, drives you know and they keep handing the animals off kind of like in a in a relay race style so that's how the uber side of it works is it's kind of as i said it's like volunteer based right so you just wait for the system to notify you that there's a transport in your area that, that fits your profile
1: okay while we're still on this part how broad is your reach are you across the all over sure. the U.S. now. Yeah.
0: yeah. So the, the Dubert system works in all across the US and Canada. We've got over 35,000 volunteers now that are signed up literally in just about, I mean, in every state for sure. And just about every city, it seems. We call them Dubertiers. They're the volunteers that do amazing things to help animals, but yeah, they're coast to coast.
1: And does it vary as far as seasonality for the uh, transport? Do you find it higher in
0: summer, higher in winter? I, I would say it's probably we get more transports in the summer because there's a lot more people that are available, right? Kids are off school. There's a lot of you know teachers and people like that, that maybe have summers off or have more flexibility in their schedule. Winters are a little bit harder just because you, know, you run into snow and all sorts of other weather, but transports happen year round. But I would definitely say if I was thinking frequency, there's probably more in the summer than there are in the winter.
1: Makes sense and interesting, but it makes sense. So how does the, the Airbnb part work?
0: Yeah. So the Airbnb is really, there really was no place for managing fosters, right? For fosters to sign up and say, Hey, I want to help you alluded to before. Oftentimes, every organization will have their own Facebook page, or they'll say, Hey, just you know, message us if you can you know, foster a cat. So instead, now you can create a foster profile, and what's really cool about this is you get again it's your profile you're managing it and so you can say hey do I want to foster a dog or a cat and then you're answering questions about what else is in your household and and kind of how long are you available to foster or things like that so that we make that information available to the organizations so when they're looking for a foster they can look at your profile and and determine if it's a match and then what they can do when they essentially link the animals so if they said hey we're gonna you know let you foster this cat. When they link the animal to your Dubert profile, it unlocks. And what you can do is manage information about that animal. You become an adoption advocate, if you will. So you can take pictures, you can take videos, you can post about that animal that goes on, we call it an ambassador page. And what's really slick about this is it's almost like an Instagram page for a rescue animal. And you as the foster person are the one that's you know providing all the content because you're with the animal, right? You know what they like and what they don't like and all those other kinds of things. So that's what's really slick about this is that we're trying to make it so that the fosters can become advocates for the animal that is in their care and try to re- alleviate some of the work from the rescues and shelters Because otherwise, they're the ones that are trying to post constantly on Facebook about all of the animals and their care. So it's really slick in that you can kind of decide how you want to get involved, and then you can be a part of helping to get that animal adopted.
1: You know, that makes a lot of sense because if you're fostering the dog or cat, you know their habits, you know, if they get along with other animals in the house right? and you, you know, just other little idiosyncrasies of their personality. So great idea.
0: Particularly cats, as you know, I mean, they're so different and unique, but oftentimes when you see on a shelter's website, there's just one picture of the animal. Well, they look alike. So what is unique about what we do is we make it easy for you to take video. Of the animals. And as you know, cats, once you get them on video, some of them are hams, some are, you know, they're playful, they're fun, they, their personalities come out. And so I'm trying to bring these types of tools to really engage volunteers to help the rescues and shelters to get the animals adopted.
1: I have a question for you. It just came up as you when I was in the back of my mind when you were describing all this. So you have a lot of volunteers and I understand about the relay and the foster or whatever. What about do you, especially with the Ubers, are you able to, when people sign up to volunteer, do you do any investigation into who the people are or you figure they're an animal person so they got to be okay?
0: Yeah. Yeah, that, that's a very common question that I get. And so the, the way I describe it is we have kind of like two levels of volunteers. So anybody can sign up, agree to the you know terms and conditions and stuff of the website and create their profile, right? And they're a what I call a general volunteer. And then we have what's called Dubert verified. And for if you want to be dubert verified, then we're requesting additional information, copy your driver's license, references, we're doing additional due diligence to really verify that you are somebody that is, as you pointed out, like is going to do well by the animals. We do that to make it, not everybody wants to give their information and I'm, I'm somebody that's a big respecter of privacy. So I want to give people that option to say, listen, you don't have to be verified. It's not required. But I would say about 40% of our volunteers actually do get Dubert verified because they understand the importance of the rescues and shelters, being able to trust them and know that you know, they're a legitimate person and not somebody that just made a fake profile. So that's kind of how we do it because I don't have the resources to do full background checks or anything like that on people. So we try and do our part to weed out people that are not really interested in doing this for the right reasons.
1: That's good to know, you know, right? Because when you're describing this right way, my mind goes to, you know, Maybe I watch too many of these cop shows or <laughs> or something, but there's, there's a lot of strange people out there. Hopefully there most of them are not animal lovers, but you know.
0: Yeah. And I mean, generally, I mean, if, if they're not animal lovers, they're not going to be signing up to volunteer on a website to do animal volunteering, right? So I kind of start with, I mean, why there's really no reason why they would do that. And like I said, we do our best. There's a rating system as well, right? So if you sign up on a transport and after the transport, we have you rate the transport coordinator and they get to rate you. So we can weed out people that have bad ratings and things like that if they're not doing right by the animals.
1: Sounds great. And it's a great system. And it definitely, from you know, what you're describing, you know, everything that Dubert does, it definitely fits. A hole in the system because I can tell you about a, a couple handfuls of people that I know that, you know, do TNR rescue, do try to, you know, transport, but it's in one area, one spot. It's, it's nothing as vast. And the relay situation that is mind blowing because, and it makes so much sense, you know, if someone's like, hey, I'll drive an hour, but I don't, want, I only want to drive, you know, an hour here and someone else, Right. You know, like if you're get, trying to get someone through the state, um, you know, if you're in California, it's such a long state, and I'm in Florida, long state. So I'll, as you have the relay, you can get them out of the state or, or wherever they need to be. Do you have any interesting stories about um, a relay cat situation?
0: Oh boy, that it's hard. I mean, I don't know all of them because there's so many. What we do is we actually have the volunteers can tell us about the story. So there's pictures and stories um, actually on the website. So after the transport system automatically emails them and asks them, you know, to share their pictures and share their stories so we can celebrate the work that they're doing because they're the ones that do the work. As I say, I've got it. I got it easy. I'm the one that's trying to keep the system running and, and you know, behind the computer screen, they're the ones that are doing the actual work. So I don't get to do as many transports as as I used to be able to just because I'm busy trying to make sure everything stays running.
1: That makes sense. What about adoption? Do you ever find, you know, someone is transporting and, you know, the cat or kittens or they're going to a rescue and the person you know, that's doing the uh, transferring says, you know, I, I'm, I'm in love. I want to just, can I right. adopt this cat? Is this, how often does that happen?
0: That does happen. We hear about stories. I mean, if they contact us, we always make sure to tell them, listen, you need to work with the uh, the receiving rescue, right? Because that's who you got to work through. But there's been some great stories about people that, like you said, they really just bonded with the animal and they reach out and say, listen, I'd like to apply to adopt. And, you know, it works out wonderfully because these people are giving back, volunteering, and then they end up adopting the animals. And that's, that's, as you know, I mean, that's how we take care of this problem in the US is people need to adopt instead of buying from a pet store or things like that or from a breeder. So it's a great way to get involved when you have limited time, right? You want to give back to animals, you want to help. And like you said, you might find that one that you just fall in love with and then they could become your forever companion.
1: Yes, absolutely. So I went onto your site and in my area, there weren't if I did it correctly, maybe not, but maybe so I don't know. But there weren't a lot of animals listed. How often would you say the changes occur? Do you like upload things daily for certain needs? Is it every week or it varies depending on parts of the country? You know, we talked about technology, but sure. you know, say I'm looking, you no, know, oh, well, yeah, I have time, you know, is there any pets for me to transfer any cats that I could, I want to volunteer, do some goodwill. Oh, but I went on and I, I see only one cat and it's like 300 miles for me. What is your recommendation for people that want to go on and they don't see a lot of opportunities for them right away to volunteer?
0: Yeah, Great question, because one of the hardest things is I obviously don't know where every animal in the almost 5,000 shelters in the U.S. is and is trying to get to. So we rely on the rescues and shelters to essentially use the system to put in the transport request. And Probably my biggest challenge is awareness. I don't have any money to invest in marketing or anything like that. We don't charge anybody to use it, right? We're trying to help rescue animals to get where they go. So when people reach out and they say, hey, look, there's no transport in my area, I recommend them, you know, if there's a rescue or shelter in their area that they know that. Hey, reach out to them and say, have you heard of this thing, this Dubert site, right? Because I'm a volunteer. I want to sign up. I want to help because usually it's because they've never heard of it. And I mean, every week we probably get about 20, 15 to 20 new organizations that sign up and as I said, I don't have any money to do marketing, so it's really just word of mouth and people sharing and talking about it. So if you're a volunteer and you've signed up and you're not seeing any transports or any you know, foster requests near you, I'd love it if you can reach out to your local shelter and just say, hey, have you heard of this? Because it's free and it would really help you because obviously they signed up right? and the shelter may not know about it. So you can help us to spread the word.
1: Yep. And you're on Catitude, so that's free too. And we're we're getting the word out also. Chris, I really understand how it works from the volunteer point of view. How does it work with shelters? How do they become involved? And do they really receive, like, do shelters receive requests for, you know, can you take on these rescues from that far away?
0: Yeah. So, just like it works for a volunteer, when you, when you go out and you click the sign up button, it'll say, are you signing up just you or your organization? And for organizations like shelters and rescues, we validate right, all of the information. So we make them apply. Because again, we want to make sure that our volunteers know that they're working with reputable rescues and shelters. So we make sure it's legit and not somebody just you know, masquerading as a shelter. What ends up happening, we've got some tools for the rescues and shelters to essentially connect. With each other, right? So it's almost like I don't want to call it a dating service for rescues and shelters because that's probably given the wrong impression, but we try to make it easy for them to say, are you a source or a destination? And in the US, generally, most of the animals are going south to north just due to the way that, you know, spay and neuter has kind of taken hold and and TNR and other things. So more animals are being transported from South to North. And so the shelters in the South are generally looking for receiving partners and the shelters in the North are looking for sending partners. And so we're happy to try and give them the tools to, you know, match up and once they kind of agree, hey, we can send you these cats or these dogs or whatever, then that's when the system comes into play, right? Then they indicate in the software that they're trying to move these animals from this location to this location. And the system really helps out, right? Makes it easy because we plot it on Google Maps, we break it into legs, and then we're automatically managing the reach out of the volunteers and the signups and all that other stuff. So there are tools in there that are unique to the organizations so that they can find each other and, and kind of figure out how, how many animals to send and where the animals are going.
1: Okay. So, and really I get all that. That sounds great because shelters do get, you know, overwhelmed. With cats and kittens and dogs and puppies, and they just reach their capacity. So, right. so what you're saying basically is they get. I don't like that. They, they have, there's so many in the south. It's probably because the weather conditions, because they breed, you know, and they are able to survive longer. It's A little harder for the survival rate, you know, for strays during the you know cold winters and so forth. You know, southern right. in the south they can exist all along. I really like that because there are you hear so often of people that are rescuing and the shelter's like no more. We are at capacity, we're at capacity. And so basically they could reach out to others and say, Hey, can you take 10 cats? And the other, the North shelter would say, yeah, sure. We're, you know, empty or half empty or something. Right. That's the real simple version of it, of course. Has this been done before?
0: Um, so Dubert is still unique. We're the only site that manages transport and fostering. Um, there's no other, no other site that does this. And so I'm proud that we're able to you know, provide this to get people that are passionate about helping animals, give them a way to get involved and trying to get the rescues and the shelters to understand that like that's our goal. Our goal is to, as I like to say, every rescue and shelter, if you sign up on Dubert, every one of them has a database of 35,000 volunteers. Um, because these are people that are passionate about helping. And it's a great way for them to tap into a a very large database of volunteers so that they can uh, move more animals to where they need to go.
1: Do you have a section yet? Because I could see that, well, or maybe links or something to where people could, if they are just interested in adopting, go to Dubert, and you know they know you do great work with transporting and everything. But is there a place where they can also look and say, "Oh, you know, I know you're transporting this kitten, but I
0: love this kitten." Sure. Right now, we're we're slowly starting to move into that. So not, I would say, not really, Michelle, because the if you go to sites like Adopt a Pet, they've got you know literally the thousands or tens of thousands of listings. But and we're slowly right kind
1: of and all of those, yeah, and all those a lot of those guys.
0: Right. So I've stayed away from that, just because I didn't want to make yet another site that has that. But slowly, as we continue to take on more, I mean, I see that as an opportunity to, you know, to make it easy, like you said, so that people can see the animals that are going on transport or, or that need to be fostered, and then they can get engaged. So not yet, but hopefully soon. Okay. And when I did a search, I did see some pictures of a couple
1: of the animals that were in transport. I, there weren't any that many in my immediate area, but when I expanded to like 300 miles, I found some. Do you post pictures of all the animals for transport every time?
0: So really um, it's kind of up to the organizations, right? So generally that's the way that volunteers want to get engaged, right? Is they see the animal and they go, oh my goodness, I can, I can help with this transport. So they, the rescues and shelters, they create the transport. Using the software, and then they're uploading the pictures of the animal. And if they give us the pictures, then absolutely, we are, when we're notifying the volunteers of the transport, we're sending the pictures of the animals, telling them where the animals are going from and to. And then when they click on that to come sign up, they'll see the. The passengers, right? Because that's what they are—the passengers on the transport. So definitely, we have the capability. Not every transport has pictures of the animals because it's—it's it's hard, right, for us to get the organizations to to upload them sometimes. But we definitely have a way for them to to do that. Where do you want to see dobird in, say, five years? I mean, that's always a hard question for me because I really love what we're doing. I love the fact that we're able to help and support so many organizations and volunteers. What I'd really like to see is a lot more of these organizations aware of and using it, because to me, this is my gift to rescue is my technology. Not everybody's great at technology and that's just the skill that I bring. So if I can continue to augment the system and um, I would love for the, the Dubert system to be used to transport animals all over the country because I think there's such a need for transport and fostering and to know that we're the only ones that actually have a tool that really helps to engage the volunteers and, and connect them uh, with the organizations is good. So hopefully that's where we'll continue to grow and get more organizations. And we'll have many more transports and and foster stories to tell. Well, I think it's a
1: great system. And, you know, it fits such, you know, in the the rescue world of rescue and volunteers and the TNR folks, uh, just everyone who has a role in uh, their survival for all these strays, it definitely fits a needed hole, a needed gap. So I applaud you for what you're doing. It's like a gift for the need that's out there. So. Thank you. Thanks.
0: Yeah, it's a passion of mine. It's something that I've been doing. And like I said, we're really humble and proud to be able to support so many people. And the rescue community is often difficult to navigate, right? You don't know who to call. So we're trying to help bridge the gap and get more of these people to get engaged and and help. Well, I think it's a great system.
1: So again, thanks so much. So Chris, where can people find out more about
0: Dubert? Uh, real easy. They just go to com. So D-O-O-B-E-R-T, com, And you'll see a sign up button. You can click to sign up and the system will help you to create your profile. So whether you want to be a transporter or foster or how you want to get engaged. And it's super simple. So you just start there. It's free, like I said, and everything is automated so you can sign up and get engaged.
1: Well, thank you so much for coming on Catitude and thanks for all you do to help the strays out there and for creating Doobird.
0: Thank you, Michelle. I really enjoyed it.
1: I hope you guys all enjoyed this show. It was really interesting to find out about Doobird and I love how it plays such a great part in fitting into this gap In the you know the volunteer world, the TNR world, the rescue world of all these stray kitties out there and cats and dogs, I'd like to thank my guest today, Chris, for coming on Catitude. I'd like to thank my little cat group of uh, Sammy and Jethro and Charlotte, Dennis and Molly. They're all rescues, and you've probably heard the stories. I've talked about them before on Catitude, but they they all got to me one way or another. And of course, Nikki, the dog, who he likes being the only dog in this crazy household of cats. And of course, thank you so much for everyone that listens to Catitude. I appreciate it so much. Catitude is one of the most popular cat podcasts on the, on the uh, I guess, the airwaves. And I am grateful for it. So thank you so much. And a huge thank you to Mark Winter for making me and my guests sound great. So remember, lose the attitude. Have Catitude.